it's lights out, and away we go. Welcome to the American's Guide to Formula One. Now let's start the show. And welcome to what is the very first episode of a brand new podcast called American's Guide to Formula One. You should subscribe or listen to this podcast if you are a new fan to the sport of Formula One. You saw the Netflix show Behind the Grid. You've seen a movie or you're a veteran fan and you just want to, you live in America or a fan of American culture and you want to follow along the sport, learn about the sport <clears throat> from the perspective of an American fan of what is a sport that's not commonly followed or is on the rise in America. And for this uh, <clears throat> for this episode, I am blessed to have my dad, the person, the reason that I'm into the sport Formula One is because I grew up watching him watch Formula One and him trying to get me into the sport. So welcome, Dad. Hey, glad to be here. <clears throat> so I think the best way that I could think of to start this podcast would be, well, let's just talk about what is Formula One? And then after we get some of the bases down, we'll kind of talk about why you got into Formula One here in America and um, how subsequently because of that I got into the sport. And then we'll, yeah, we'll go from there. So what is Formula One? <laughs> it's about race cars. Yeah, precisely. The, the, the fastest, most extreme pinnacle of what a motor car can be. I would agree. It's head and shoulders above anything else in the world. And uh, it, uh, I mean, it's just a technological marvel, wonder. And um, it's just so, I don't know, to me, captivating just based on that. Yeah, totally. Um, so in this ultra high-end top pinnacle top tippy top mountain peak sport there's only 10 teams yeah in the whole sport and each of those teams has two drivers and that's it that's the whole sport as far as drivers yeah and teams that's yeah. it that's the whole sport yeah that's pretty that's a pretty um, elite group for for some comparison there are 450 professional baseball players I thought there was 700. Oh, sorry. Seven. Thank you. 750 Man. baseball players. 450 is a heck of a lot more than 20. Yeah. Um, how many should football? What was it, football? 1,696. Holy cow. 1,690. Almost 1,700. Yeah. And then even in uh, American motorsport, NASCAR, there's 66 full-time NASCAR drivers. Yeah. So, these 10 teams are, let's start with the kind of the big boys of the sport. Oh, yeah. The front runners. Yeah, it, you know, Mercedes has really been the front runner uh, in this modern or this present era. We could say formula. dominant. They've won yeah, yeah. the last seven years in yeah. a row. I stand totally corrected. Yeah. Yeah. But and always chasing them up at the front would be. Well, that's the you know, Red Bull. And, um, you know, Lewis Hamilton is the lead driver for Mercedes. Uh, Valtteri, Bota, Valtteri Bottas uh, is his teammate. Uh, Max Verstappen 
nice Wonderkin. Uh, the Wonderkin from Belgian and or Netherlands? Netherlands? Dutch. Dutch, that's right. And Sergio Perez just joined him this year as his partner. Yeah. What a cool Cinderella story. Yeah. Didn't have a drive last race of last year and then they signed him. Yeah, was awesome. That is really good. All right. And then the top of the midfield, so the guys that are kind of just behind them, you have McLaren, a very historic Formula One team, uh, new driver there, uh, Daniel Ricciardo, and then another really awesome young driver, Lando Norris. Really good. Gotta like him. Um, then you have the newly branded Aston Martin, which was Racing Point, which was uh, Force India. Fortnite. Which uh, four-time world champion Sebastian Vettel, um, new there this year uh, after leaving Ferrari, and uh, Lance Stroll, the owner's son, the <laughs> head investor's son, also a, a what is to be to be fair a um, a solid driver. Then we have the newly branded, yeah, Alpine. Uh, they they always call it Alpine, but it's spelled like Alpine. Correct, but <laughs> the French, but the it's, French Alpine. It's it's the French Alpine, and thus Renault is their power unit, the only one. And they were, the and they were formerly known as Renault. Yeah, for, yeah. This is a new thing they're trying to sell more road cars with. Yeah, I think. and uh, Esteban Ocon, driver, and uh, his partner is Fernando Alonso, returning two-time returning world champion after fiddling around in the old IndyCar IndyCar racing series, trying to win Indy. Yeah, but he's come back. And um, and then up next, even if you're not a racing fan, you know this next name. Ferrari. Ferrari. <laughs> oh, yeah. Long time. Yeah. The most successful, the longest running, most mm. winningest team, but not of the last <laughs> long time. No. <laughs> Seven years. We're eight. waiting. We're, we're wait still waiting. He's, they've had some wins, but they've been... Real badly. Yeah. Not yeah. doing great. Looking faster this year, but. Yeah, they are. Uh, you know, Carlos Sainz. Who, yeah, who drives for them? Carlos Sainz? Carlos Sainz. Junior. Not to be confused. Oh. With his dad. Thank you. Carlos Sainz. That's true. WRC legend. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. Kay. And uh, his partner is Charles, Charles Leclerc. But he's, <laughs> but he's French. <laughs> Did you choke? No, I'm just trying to say his dude's <laughs> last name. Um, He's a good driver. What, I mean, man, I, he is constantly putting that car where it doesn't belong. I well, mean, and he's pushing Carlos, who's dang good, too. Oh, yeah. Science is looking looking fast. <laughs> He's looking fast. Yeah. Also, if you, if we, uh, for, for some more of the American Formula One fans, they're the best-looking Formula One team. Oh, yeah. I would easily say that. Best looking. I mean, they're all really good looking people. <laughs> like, it's not good enough to be like best, one of the most physically fit people, make a ton of money, yeah. and you're really good looking. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. I, I kind of miss out on all three points on that one. Yeah. Uh, yes. Okay. Um, <laughs> same. Don't same don't here. Don't same don't here. Same don't here. Agree so quickly. Well, I mean, I'm your gene, so I'm okay. <laughs> Um, okay, then uh, uh, not also looking pretty fast this year, we have um, AlphaTauri, formerly known as Toro Rosso. This is the kind of junior team to the Red Bull team. We have a rookie driver, Yuki Sonoda. That's Sonoda with a T for all of you fans of spelling out there. And Pierre Gasly. Gasly is looking like he uh, has found himself. Yeah, he has really fit in. And Sonoda is fast and then very slow. 
and very inconsistent yeah. thus far. I think but he, I, I kind of don't you have a, have a gut feeling? But about when he it? put that lap in and at um, what was that? The first race. Oh, uh, Bahrain. Bahrain. He, yeah. I think he shocked the world, and then yeah. had a couple big blunders and a crash, and I think he's he's kind of lost his I'm hot shit rookie. Yeah, and he's a little scared. They, I think they yeah. talked to him about, hey, you just crashed a lot of money. Yeah, <laughs> like well, we don't have a lot, and you yeah. you just spent a ton of it. So yeah, how old is that guy anyway? He looks oh, like he's young. He, really I mean, young. he looks like seventeen, eighteen. He's starting seventh yeah. grade or something. But he's yeah. Uh, and then we have uh, another really well-known car name, Alfa Romero, with another really well-known driver, uh, Kimi Raikkonen, also a two-time world champion, and the grandpa of the paddock alongside Alonso. Um, yeah. And Antonio Giovinazzi. Like, I mean, the most... You look at that guy and you're like, he's Italian. Oh, yeah. And he races and cars. How perfect. And he has long hair. Alfa Romeo. Yeah. Antonio Giovinazzi driving. <laughs> yeah. No, it's perfect. I have my, I get goosebumps. Right, uh, and then the very back of the grid, we um, have yeah, Haas, our kind of American, yeah, the um, only American representation. Um, Haas is big in uh, NASCAR, of course. You might re- recognize that name. He broke into F one, and oh, it's kind of weird when you start out better than you. Are four years later, kind of. Yeah, thing. I uh, mean, they're definitely in a building year, and we'll see what the future holds. But they basically said, both of these last two teams, they basically said, we're not really spending money <laughs> on the car this year, uh, so don't expect much. Yeah, right. Except uh, for Williams, at least a a, a very cool livery. <laughs> right. That's definitely, and you know, a couple of rookie drivers. Yeah, Mick Schumacher. I mean, what a what a, what a name though to have back in the sport. We'll oh, touch yeah, on that later. Yeah, definitely. And uh, and then uh, Nikita Mazepin, or as we've come to know him, Maza Spin. And Daddy got a lot of money. Yeah, yeah. Daddy owns half the team. Yeah. And their their biggest competitor, really good name, really bright side in the sport. But yeah, what's Williams. The team? Williams. Williams and what a uh, name too for the sport. Oh man, what a bunch of heritage there. Oh. Man, no kidding. Some of the greatest drivers came through that team. Um, some of the greatest performances. Oh, yeah. Um, Great battles. Oh. Iconic yeah. errors. We'll, we'll touch on that. Yeah, we can touch back on that in the later. day when yeah. it really was a driver. So it is, it is a bummer to see them kind of down the bottom. Yeah. But they're... Yeah, uh, George, they're yeah George. George Russell. Mr. Saturday himself. Yeah, he, he comes on on Saturday for qualifying. And uh, it's just... That's an exciting thing to see. Yeah. And he's... he's Fast. He, yeah, he's fast. He's uh, looking good. He's just exciting to follow. And then yeah. um, Nicholas Latifi, which is he's he's consistent. Yeah, I mean consistent. It's hard to know what some of these back runners are doing in the cars they're doing. Yeah, you get like. you have to you know technology really. It's kind of like the equipment really does make a difference. It does so in this sport when you're on this limit. Okay, so now that we know the drivers, now that we know well, we know the teams, the big players, those twenty people. That get to do this. That's how elite we're talking here. We, uh, how does it, wi- how does it work? How, do, how does this become a sport? You know, so there are points awarded based on where you finish the race in. And so if you come in first place, you get 25 points. Both the driver who came in first and the team that he drives for. Mm-hmm. So there's two championships at play, always. 
the constructors, that's the teams, and then the drivers. So first place gets 25 points. Second place gets 18 points. Third place gets 15 points. Fourth place gets 12 points. Fifth place gets 10 points. Sixth place gets 8 points. Seventh place gets 6 points. Eighth place gets 4 points. Ninth place gets 2. And 10th gets the last and remaining point. And that's, uh, at, at this point, you think, oh, it's just a point. Correct. But as we will show you in subsequent discussions along um, the finances and the financial end of this sport, you will see that that translates into uh, a lot of opportunity, uh, development of technology. Plus, it also means you beat 10 other people. Yeah. You're faster than half of your entire sport. Yeah. To get that one yeah, point. That's a great point. You know, you know it's like, like and um, when you're a back marker, rookie driver, that's how you stand out. Yeah. You say, as I took something that doesn't belong here, I beat 10 other people to do it, yeah. and I'm here now. Yeah. And, and that's that you kind of have to, in this sport, you have to find your ways to stand out. We'll touch on this more later, but you're always competing. Yeah. And, and the other weird thing is you're competing against your teammate, usually yeah. as your biggest rival. <laughs> right. Um, so like, especially when you're in a back place team and you know, you're not going to be competing for points, how do you stand out? Well, like we said, we called George, Mr. Saturday, and that's because he, om he has almost an unblemished record of out qualifying Latifi. Yeah. And there's a lot of talk of him moving up to Mercedes because yeah. Williams is kind of the junior Mercedes team. Yeah. Botas raced for Williams, looked hot, got the seat yep. when Rosberg retired. And that's what a lot of people are thinking George is. And he's been, and he is fast. And he even got the, the drive when last season, when Hamilton tested positive for COVID. That's right. He had his first, you know, he yeah. got a shot. And how he that's, in. so those points, those incremental, because the sport is stratified because of how much money goes in, that you have to find who you're competing against, right? So we were, we were talking about those teams. You, you will often hear when you're l listening to a race or watching a race, they're saying, well, that's not who we're racing. We know they're going to be faster than us today. We're trying to become, we're trying to beat out Ferrari. Right. We're McLaren, we're trying to beat Ferrari. We're Renault, we're trying to beat AlphaTauri. Yeah. Like, we, we know who we're racing. And then inside that, you have the drivers racing each other to stand out and keep their seat. Because, again, there's 20 people can do this. Yeah. And if you're not doing it, you're going to get the boot. Yeah. They're going to find some young, hot kid who's 17 and will be faster than you. Yeah. Because there's hundreds of millions of dollars that stay here. Oh, definitely. So it's just fascinating. So you get those those points. And then there's around 20 races per season that you're accumulating these points at. So it's a long haul. And that's why getting into the points matters. Being consistent matters. Um, this season, there's going to be this season, 2021, there is going to be 23 races confirmed. Yeah, races. I think that's the most, I think it is ever. one of the longest races. Yeah. Fun fact, the first year, 1950, there was seven races. Yeah. So we've grown, the sport's grown and we're in a, we're in a very exciting, what, a, what an awesome time to be a new fan in a new market of a sport. This is a, a great era to our, our end of an era, beginning of a new era yeah. to join the sport. So welcome. Yeah. Um, so then there's the race weekend. I've heard, I mean, you may have heard this discussed before, that there's this race weekend. It's kind of a, a long event because it's not just a race. But they show up on a Friday. Because, again, this is around the world. Well, Thursday. 
around the world. Yeah. There's 20 races. It's not like, oh, an American league or European or it's the world. world. And this mm-hmm. is a huge sport worldwide. Um, and because of that, they have to travel <laughs> and they have to move this huge circus show from Bahrain to Italy, yeah. from Italy to Portugal, mm-hmm. from Portugal to, you know, uh, wherever. Well, that's not too far because they're going to sure, be in right Barcelona. The to yeah. K- yeah. So. But it's a it's an immense thing to move. So the sport starts on Thursday, Friday. Yeah. With? Free practice one. Free practice one. So they're like, okay, these also are basically rocket ships for the road. We're not going to let you just go race wheel to wheel without going and driving the track for a little while. You got to practice. Okay. These are expensive. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And, you know, because Formula One only happens at a certain time and these these racetracks are multi-million dollar complexes, there are other circuits, there's other racing series being held on them. And so there's a constant evolution of the track each year too. Yeah. Like just because you raced there last year doesn't mean it's going to be the same or... Turn eight need to be resurfaced because there was a huge crash yeah. in in and it burned motorbike it up or race something. or yeah they had to scrape a, mo- a superbike guy off the road yeah so um it's they let they do some practice and they also get you know um a feeling for what the tires are going to do on that surface and it, yeah. the temperature because it's so there's so much variance is that daily conditions will change how fast the car is it definitely yeah minute by minute you know yeah and then. I th- I think the in that first at uh, free practice one is where you see um, the technology really rising up. They have all these sensors, sure, measuring airflow and pressure, downward pressure. Uh, uh, all these they uh, put alien boogers on the side of the car. Yeah, it's, they look like um, these old like World War Two radar stations yeah. off off of the British coast, they and then like this green alien oh booger, yeah. like uh, gel liquid thing yeah. that. Shows how the wind Lumaflow Lumaflow shows how the the wind is moving over the car to tweak aerodynamics to increase downforce and increase speed based on that track. Yeah, they're testing some stuff. They're seeing how how things are working. Maybe they put an engine upgrade in. Maybe they change the downforce for that track because it's mostly flat out. You know, we'll get into more of this as you go along. But they they practice. They see how things are going. They test new technology. You also, you know, it's a way to get your name out there. Who is the fastest for that day? Who's looking hot? You know, um, and then, and then you have qualifying. And this used to be something different way back in the day, where there were more teams than there were allowed in the race, and you actually had to qualify to compete. Yeah. Now there's a set number of teams, but you have to qualify for your order. It's like deciding how the race starts because right. we all can't start in first. And yep. so the way they decide to do that is through a, a, a three-stage knockout qualifying round where it's the best time moves you forward. Slower time puts you back. So Q1 is an 18-minute session with all the cars out there, and then the slowest five cars after that 18 minutes are are out. They don't get to move forward. But they hold their position but depending they hold- on their Time. Yes, so the the twentieth slowest time starts in twentieth place, yeah, and subsequently faster times move them forward. A benefit to going out, I guess, if you want to call it a benefit to going out in Q one, is that you can choose the tire that you start the race on. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's really just clearing out room for the faster cars to go even faster. 
And then we have Q2. A, um, where an additional five of the lower performing uh, lap time speeds are, are knocked out. It lasts for 15 minutes uh, in duration. And um, you know that this is a... Uh, so we lose we lose three minutes. It's a little faster. Yeah, but there's like a and there's a break in between. There's like the a two. seven or eight minute break yeah. between. Yeah, because so the cars they, they need to be refueled. Yeah, because they only put enough fuel in the car for two laps. Right, and then you're gonna run out because fuel is weight. Weight slows you down. Yeah, so they got to come in and fuel. Usually change the tires because when you're at qualifying pace, which is literally you want to know how fast the car can go around something, it's at qualifying pace right. in a Formula One car. Usually, yeah. I mean, we were talking minutes faster than sports cars like professional race cars minutes faster oh yeah um so they refuel they change their tires and then the, the important thing about q2 is well when they the tire that you run your fastest lap on in q2 is a tire that you run during the race the exact tire exact corner to the, corner yeah you don't get to change it you don't get to do anything to it that's the tire you start the race on yeah so there's a huge huge part of strategy when it comes to the Q2, it's it's a it's a part of the strategic game of the sport where right. you go, well, what tire do we want to start this race on? And can we qualify? Can we be fast enough on that tire? For, for those of you, again, who, since we're going through the sport, we should better say that there are usually there are three tire compounds yeah. on offer each weekend from the tire manufacturer and supplier, which is Pirelli. And there's a hard, a medium, and a soft tire. The... Mm -hmm. The softer tire is faster. It's softer. It's more grippier. It's sticky. allows you to go around corner faster. Yeah, it has but better, better what they call mechanical grip. Mechanical grip, correct. But the trade-off to being really quick is... They wear out quicker. Really quick. I mean, we've seen seven laps out but of then, a... But then you see some chassis that are good to tires. Sure, sure, sure. And it is so... Broad overview. Yeah. So, <laughs> we're, we just so we're, so, we're such nerds. But then you have a medium tire, which is, again, about, they say, what, half a second to seven-tenths uh, of a second slower. Yeah. But you're going to get... I, some, on some courses, it's up to a second. So. Sure. But you're going to get more laps. More times you don't have to come in and change your tire. And then you last but not least have the hardest compound, which if you haven't figured it out by now, is harder but yet slower. More durable, but slower. Right. But so the benefit is, is if you're in Qual 2 and you are a fast front-running team... And you can put a competitive time that's not going to get you relegated out of that qualifying session, but makes you run 10, 20 laps longer into the next than into the race the next day. That's a that's a significant advantage, advantage yeah. strategical advantage. So um, but you also don't want to use up a set of medium tires that you won't have for the race the next day and and then all of a sudden you have to come in pit real fast, get on the soft because you're in the bottom. You're in the you're in chance to starting in. That's right. There's, there's the best a, of starting. It's not like you get an unlimited supply of these no, tires. There's a there's a set, set number that they that you have. Get and that's what you get. And then finally, you have Q3, which is a 12 minute blast with the 10 fastest cars in the world trying to beat each other all out, nothing holding them back. Engines turned up. This is the. The pinnacle of what the motor car, a four-wheeled motor car, can be, and they and 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 I mean, the limits before it takes off. Before it, <laughs> yes, literally, the limits of physics are being pushed, and 
this determines the top 10 starting points. So you automatically start the race in those points that we talked about earlier. So you're already ahead. You're you're the best half. You're the you're the 10 best drivers on that racetrack on that day in the world. 10 of 7 billion people, you're the best. How many sports can you say that about? None. And it's it's dramatic. You have these 12 minutes so you basically have two chances to show what you can do. Yeah. And get a, an amazing strategical advantage to some tracks. I mean, we're talking about street circuits, street circuits, pardon me, like Monaco, where it's very hard to overtake, or Spain, where it's really hard to overtake. Mm-hmm. Emila, historically old, hard track to overtake on, and you get a start in first place. Usually you win. Usually you win. Yeah. There are some tracks where that's not the case, where there's there's sometimes actually a disadvantage to coming in. If, you, yeah, if but, you don't blow up. Yes. Or or you, but you also, crash. you have to think that these t- these guys are, there's 20 people all trying to do the same thing and get into a corner and what happens in sometimes it's a matter of seconds. So if you're also starting up at the front, you have a less likely chance that you're going to get crashed, which does happen. This is motorsport. Yeah. There's a lot of rules and gentlemanly, you know, tactics and stuff that they're not allowed to do, which we can touch on in a later episode. But it, you do, they do crash. Let's be real. They're, they're. They're teenagers and 20-year-olds driving multi-million dollar rocket ships with hormones blasting, and they're getting paid millions of dollars, and you can make millions more if you just pass one more guy. Yeah. You know? Well, and it's, I mean, there is a limit to the human capability to perceive what's going on around you and then react to that. Or what you can see, man. Like, you don't have a perfect view in these cars either because your position, your weight in the car is something that's, set and you don't get it you, you you're laying down basically too yeah, yeah and you're saying okay i know you're going 190 miles an hour around this turn but watch out for the four other guys trying to do it as well yeah. <laughs> that's right and they really really want to get past you you know and you really want to get past them it's an amazing thing and so you get to see in this qualifying, not only does it set the race, not only does it set it up for the next day, but it's like it's another one of those ways of standing out on your team, yeah. standing out in the sport. It's a way of putting your your name. There's leaderboards with pole positions. And, and I mean, and in some teams, it's a significant monetary bonus for pole positions. It's a way of negotiating your contract for next year saying, hey, you're not paying me the same this year because I outqualified my teammate 20 one of 23 times yeah you know it could happen or or you're saying i'm leaving you unless you i'm going to this team unless you pay me more i'm it's your way of getting out right and it's just awesome and and then we'll see we're going to talk about the race next but it also is the cars won't go that fast the next day this is what you you, they're usually race pace is usually what three seconds three to five seconds off well of qualifying pace five but it's it's uh, significant. It's significant because you're you racing around other people. Yeah, 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 definitely. And three seconds doesn't sound like much, but in this kind of um, level of racing, it's huge. Well, we're talking well, when we're talking about let's let's touch on that because we're just we're talking about qualifying. We're talking about one of the one, we're talking about thousandths of a second. Mm-hmm. We're talking about of those top ten, less than eight tenths of a second of a second, eight tenths of a second separate first place to eighth place yeah in some qualifying scenarios it's tight and even to those slow 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 cars at the back of the grid it's two seconds that's what 
extremely slow and uncompetitive is yeah. in Formula One is you're two seconds slower yeah. than me. Yeah. That's, I mean, that's, that's like a lifetime, in, you know, in, in Formula One. Definitely. Yeah. It, it, it's hard to, it's hard to wrap your head around it, but it's the reality. But it also shows you what the sport, how low the tolerance is that a hundred million dollars buys you two seconds. Yeah. <laughs> or that's yeah. what it buys. Well, and they're talking it, about thousands of seconds. Yeah. And some of these modifications thousands, and upgrades. Yeah, they hundreds, make, thousands. It, yeah. That and that is sometimes what the decides of a race. what decides a world champion. Yeah. What decides millions of dollars in sponsorships. Definitely. Yeah. Is those those tenths, those hundreds of seconds. That's crazy. It's amazing. Okay. So then you have the race. A race must last and usually is or doesn't must last. It has to end in two hours because something we haven't touched on yet too is this is really hard to do physically. It's yeah. very hard to do. And we're going to touch on that a little bit later even more. But you kind of have these time caps because it's kind of the the amount of time that a human being can can do this safely. Yeah. <laughs> if so you can call this safe at all. Before they pass out. Yeah. yeah. Um, and the race must go at least half distance to count in form of the championship. Um. And then touching back on those tires, this is another strategical thing where you have to use two compounds of the tire. Right. It's it's a rule in the sport. You can't if there's a if there's a clearly dominant tire, it's not like you can just be like, well, just stay on that tire. Right. Because right. pitting is a cost. Remember, when we're talking about tenths and of seconds matter. Well, to come in and pit is something about. 20 to 30 seconds it takes them to do it. Yeah, depending on your circuit, definitely. Yeah. Because you have to stop. You have to come in and stop. And then there's a speed limit inside the paint lane. Yeah. So you can't, because for safety reasons, there's people out there. Oh, yeah. You can't be going 200 miles an hour. Down pit lane, yeah. But they do go They do go 80 kilometers. Yeah. 40 miles an hour. 50, 50 miles an hour. 50 miles an hour. And you're talking about we're feet away from people just standing out there. And then yeah. they have to stop on a dime. And then... A pit, a real, real, what's a real long pit stop This in this current era to change all four tires? 3.3 three seconds. Oh, man, it's eternity. That's forever. And, like, the fastest, I think, of the last season that we saw was, like, below two seconds. Oh, yeah, 1. 1. 1.8, 1.9. 1.8, 1.9 seconds to change four, four tires. tires. Stop a car, change four tires, put four new tires on, get going again. Yeah. So, but that total time, it, it it's, it's a significant disadvantage because while you're in there, your competitors are going 200 30 miles an hour. In or, some yeah, instances. you know, some of these tracks, you'll average 140 miles an hour for the whole track. For two hours. For two hours. Yeah. With some, Hairpin something, turns. yeah, something Hairpin with turns. 16 turns, you're still yeah. averaging <laughs> over 160 miles an hour. Sometimes, yeah. Yeah. I, I, I would be, that would be a good topic for another show is what's the, kind of the average speed of, speed each, of track. each track. Ooh, that's a good, yeah. stay tuned. Watch the space yeah. for that. So, and that, but that shakes it up, right? If you yeah. have to pit, because you could be a crappy car. Yeah. And you could put hard tires on and, and never stop. And stick it out. Run the whole. I mean, well, there are some cars that get more than a minute behind. Yeah. But, you know, 20 to 30 seconds. Yeah. Advantage because you, you know, Stuck you can see out. how a mid running yeah. team would win the race all the time. And that, um, that doesn't settle well with the FIA. Yeah. And I mean, this is, this is where they have. Teams, squadrons, 10, 20, 30 people, strategists running rap, lap analysis and data coming back from the car trying to figure out when's going to be the best time to pit. 
when's going to be the best time to bring this guy in where he's not going to be stuck in traffic, he's not going to be coming out behind people, but you're also relying on what your other, the other, your biggest competitor is doing. So you, there's strategy where you're like, okay, well, if I'm behind the leader, I might do this thing where I'm going to come in and I'm going to, I'm going to pit. Tire, tire, tire times are falling off. We're slowing down because as we're saying, tires run out. The more you drive a tire and the less grip it has, the slower you're going to start going around the lap. And the more beneficial you're going to come in to get a new tire, which will be faster. Even, even a, a worn, a very, a very, a brand new medium tire against a worn slow tire is going to be seconds a lot faster. a soft tire. Yeah, a worn soft tire. Yeah. It's going to be seconds a lot faster. Even though originally that soft tire was the fast tire, it's shot. It's given up the It's, it's given, given up the up. grip. Yeah. And so you want to pit to a softer tire, but if you're behind, you might say, well, I'm going to pit, and if he doesn't pit, I'm going to be moving at a much faster yeah. speed than him. This is this is the confusing part. Too. Yeah, and then so he's going to know he's going to need to pit to get on a tire because he's know I'm going to be faster than him, and I'm going to make that 20 seconds up in no time. You know, okay. if if you if you pit and gain a two second a lap advantage to your competitor, and but it costs you twenty seconds to get that, yeah, that means ten laps you're going to be passing him if he doesn't come in, right? And take that same okay. twenty second penalty. Yeah, so you're forcing his hand. You're either going to say, "Hey, you're going to sit out here, and I'm eventually going to pass you," or you got to get in and you're going to take that same penalty that I took. Right. So you're you're forcing, you're undercutting his advantage by pitting early. Or if you have a car that's specifically chassis is more, it's it's not as it's not as demanding on the tire, and you can stay a little bit longer. You're not you're not at a two second a lap disadvantage. Maybe you're only at a three tenths of a lap right. disadvantage because your tires you've been running in clean air. You're you don't have you're not your aerodynamics aren't compromised, so you're being soft on the tire, and you can run longer. And then when you do suffer that advantage. That guy's lap is, he's 10 laps longer on that tire uh-huh. than you. And now you have the same compound as him, but yours are 10 laps newer. And you have an advantage for the rest of the race. Mm-hmm. That's called the overcut. Okay. You're overcutting your your opponent. You're so th- this is the part that I kind of get confused. It doesn't overcut, matter. You're gonna undercut. Ha- yeah. The point is, is you're going to have to suffer this penalty of 20-some seconds to come in a bit, and everybody has to do it, and you're trying to find a strategy to do it better than the other people. Yeah. That's the main point we're trying to make. Yeah, Those are the two ways. Um, and then how you finish, you're awarded points, and a winner is declared. Bingo. And you go to Park Verve is what the, they call it, and you stand on the podium, and you spray champagne in each other's faces, and it's the oh, big the, fanfare the, moment, yeah, the, and they let the crowd, when, so cool, they let the crowd down onto the racetrack yeah. when there are loud crowds. And yeah. It's such a cool moment. Yeah. You, you really get to see, and they play the national anthem, just like all the other sports, and you get that moment. But These people are rabid. But the cool thing fans. is, it's, like it's also, it's a Grand Prix. That it, yeah. it, this is also different than like, because there is only 20, there's not like what 300 baseball games. There's only 20 races. Winning one is a is a huge deal. Oh yeah, it doesn't happen. It, 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 it just there are some people who frequent. have 10 year careers never win a race. Yeah, they may Ever. have been on the podium for second they, or third. Like, yeah, I mean, couple getting times. on getting on a podium is a big deal. Yeah, you're saying of of the 20 best of something in the world, I'm in the top three of them. Yeah, and if you win, you know. I'm the best 
I am the fastest human alive today. Yeah. And you know, there is a certain degree of... <laughs> Unless you're in an airplane. Yeah. I'm the <laughs> fastest human alive. Yeah. And, and then there's a, a degree of nationalism that goes oh, with yeah. this. You know, the, the national anthem of the constructor is played. The national anthem of the of It the is driver. kind of like an Olympic almost or something yeah, like it that. Really, yeah, it really is. And can you imagine that if, I mean, Italy is like this. It's like between the, the race constructors that have come and gone and then y- Alfa Romeo's in and, of course, Ferrari. Yeah, is the deal? Can you imagine a Ferrari winning, winning at the Monza with Grand an Italian driver? Yeah, at in an Italian Grand Prix, or or when or when Checo was on the podium in Mexico, and oh yeah, two hundred thousand people I, yeah lose their minds. Yeah, they probably. Were, <laughs> I I can't imagine how many diaper changes there were during that that ceremony. I mean, yeah, I mean, just, just put that into perspective. You know, two there's like something like two hundred thousand people. At some of these races over the weekend, even in you know, even in our home race in down in Austin, yeah, it won the the first couple of years it opened. It was sporting motor sporting event of the year. Yeah, I mean, people were flying from Brazil and Mexico and Latin America up to see it, and and it's and a now cool we're gonna thing. have one in Miami, maybe potentially. Yeah, keep again, keep keep tuned to this space for more information on that. A road course. So yeah. now that we kind of have a working understanding, we're, I think we've already kind of started to touch on it, and I'm sure you've heard it come out, is when did you get into Formula One? How did you as an American, you know, get into Formula One? Are you asking me that? Yeah. Question? Oh, no. Who else am I asking? Oh, that's right. I'm the only guy here. Well, you know, I was kind of just flipping the channels one day, mm. and I came across... These really, I mean, exotic. I mean, talking about exotic-looking motor cars. Yeah. And guys with English accents and South American accents, and they're, they're passionately describing an event. And when was this? Like, you know, like 1920? <laughs> how, how, how many decades? You are wrong, Kimasabe. <laughs> but these are um, about, what, 1990? Okay. Is yeah, that I it? don't know. Um, it was when M- Michael Schumacher. 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 I'm pulling him up again. Right here. The most, for form of reference, the most winning Formula One driver in the history of the sport. Seven but, time world but champion. It well, tied for, tied for now. Yeah, it could change here at this know. year. Again, I, I'm telling you, get into this sport, man. This is an exciting time to be in the sport. Actually, it was it was 2000. 2000. So 2000. late 90s. We'll, s- we'll just ballpark it. Late yeah. 90s, early 2000s. Probably, probably saw my first race late in the season, 1999. Okay, there you go. And then, um, and, um, I just, you know the thing that really captivated me was the sound mm. an engine makes yeah. at 19, 20,000 RPM. Think about that. Next time you can start up your car, starts up, revs, maybe maybe we'll hit two, 3,000 on, on, a, on a startup. Yeah. But these, these cars will idle, idle. at a, at a pace your car engine will blow, blow up. Blow it. That's when you just turn it on and it sits. To down. Uh, <laughs> to quote the uh, great David Hobbs, it would go blammo, blammo, blammo. So and then they will they were lev, rev limited. Their rev limiter, yeah, they no, go it faster. Just kick, kicks in and around twenty thousand. <laughs> so I mean that, that was that bike. was a prior era to what we yeah. have now, but well you, they needed to because they were naturally aspirated. Yeah. Uh, but that sound, oh my gosh! There is just nothing like that. 
because it, I mean, come on. You hear that? You hear that miles away? Yeah, yeah. Everybody, you look in the stands. Everybody's got oh, hey, air defenders yeah. on. Everywhere. Okay, so you you see these cars, hear these voices, hear these amazing sounds, and you just and like, then what is st- this? And then they start talking about this technology. Oh man! Like, well, with every lap, you burn off so much fuel, and with that, that gains you so many seconds, or tens of seconds, or hundreds of seconds. And that makes you potentially a winner, a race winner. Yeah. Oh, and stuff um, like that. Oh, and we we use um, materials that NASA uses. Yeah. We uh, we spend time in wind tunnels. We're yeah. we're basically airplanes flipped upside down, <laughs> and we're, we're we're using we're using science to push the car into the road. So you know that thing where you like there's a turn and then you put your brakes on because you don't want to fly off of it. We don't do that here. Yeah. You. We actually we just go faster, <laughs> and then we'll we'll stay on the road. Yeah, but if you don't go fast enough, you won't make it. Yeah, you slide. You you'll will slide. Spin. You'll go. You won't make the turn. Yeah, but if you actually go faster, you will make the turn. I, I can't. I I just can't imagine. Yeah, that. and then and then as you start getting into it and said, "Golly, this is cool." And I saw. I watched another race, and then it was now they're now these guys are talking. Mm. And and they're kind of playing their hand at their personalities, and then that brings in a drama. Oh yeah, I mean these are jet setter guys. Oh yeah, I mean, I mean they're young, twenty, beautiful, twenty millionaires. Yeah, yeah, kind of like you. <laughs> I wish. Yeah, but <laughs> um, and and some have egos. Some are incredibly humble. Oh, yeah. Some are, I think, everyone. Well, they're human. Yeah, they're human, they're human, and they're treated like royalty. Yeah, I mean, so you have these human, and then, and then, and then, for me, what you eventually conveyed to me, and you comes out, especially in the more modern era, elite athletes. Oh, I mean, we're talking about yeah. When we talk about the conditioning required, I mean, I used to say it as a kid. Oh my god, what you need to drive around circles. Yeah, it's kind of like a golfer. Oh my god, you know, you know, you know like, and then, but then, there's always these people that. Oh, you're a golfer. Yeah, but I'm Tiger Woods. You know. <laughs> I practice 47 minutes a day. No, 47 hours a day. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I mean, but you talk about, we're talking about the speeds that these cars are going at, the technology that these guys are going at, the G-forces, because of those aerodynamics, they're equivalents to airplanes. They're yeah. equivalent. There's lateral G-loads, so the force is being put on your body while going around a turn. That are the same as when you're at the bottom of the steepest roller coaster, and so you have to you have to be able to hold your neck up, you have to be able to turn the car, you have to be able to hold the brakes. Oh, look out for somebody that wants to to pass you, and someone is passing you, and your heart rate's going 150 beats a minute, and you're you're moving at a I speed heard that is at, at, yeah points. I mean marathon runners, yeah marathon runners, yeah, and you know every time you stomp on the brakes after you're coming down a straight going. 200 plus miles an hour down to 20 in a space of, I mean, let's, you you can go from 300 kilometers an hour. And that's what? Nearly 200. Nearly 200 miles like an hour. Like 195 miles to, an hour. To zero, to a dead stop in 108 meters. That's like. 300 feet. That's like a soccer pitch. Try to do that in your in your Camry. Try <laughs> even getting to 300 kilometers in your Camry first off. <laughs> 
<laughs> these cars will seriously go from zero to 100 and back to zero in under five seconds. I thought it was like 3.7. No. Not zero to 100. Zero to 100 and back to zero. Oh. Yeah, I know. 100 oh. miles an hour. Not, not kilometers. Mm-hmm. Not 60. So I think like, what, you got a real fast supercar? It gets to zero to 60 in three seconds? Yeah. That car's already on its way deaccelerating from 100 before yeah. you're even at 60. Yeah. It's on its back half. It's on the back nine, and you're getting going. I mean, we're talking millions, hundreds of millions of pounds. So much technology, so much aerodynamics. Yeah. These technological marvels that are putting you on the very limit of what is physically possible, and that takes an immense amount of physical strength. I mean, your head. They say it's you can. These guys can lift one hundred and thirty. That would be another neck. topic for another show. Is conditioning, yeah, and the size of these guys. Oh yeah, these guys are kind of like can't dinky. bulk up. You're not gonna, you're not gonna look yeah. like a linebacker because you're then weight on the car. You're weight on the car, it's which is gonna slow you down. It's time, which is yeah. And uh, I mean, these guys are kind of like they're they're kind of dinky. They yeah, like one hundred sixty pounds, but yeah. Oh well, well we're going to um, squat. We're gonna squat like. 350 pounds um, every maybe, turn one maybe maybe three to five times in a lap in a lap that takes one minute and yeah 10 to 20 seconds one Unless minute and 20 seconds and it's two minutes to the four miles or whatever. I, I'm out of breath right now yeah right. give me a break here <laughs> so it's like it's like doing it's doing like hit cardio squatting crossfit under g-forces in a oh yeah, you also might be in Singapore, and so the internal car <laughs> temperature is a hundred and twenty-five, and your water tank is boiling and starting to burn you. Oh, and you're 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 an inch off the ground in a carbon fiber shell around twenty other lunatics, crazy people who have convinced their brains to do something that sub that is beyond human capability yeah, with the humidity at a level with, that with it's a miracle that it's not raining of, yeah you know oh oh yeah and did we mention that when it starts to rain we just change our tires yeah and keep going with yeah. no windshield no windshield wipers yeah open cockpit do we mention that open cockpit open wheel <laughs> there's nothing not there's 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 a thin layer of that's carbon another fiber protecting topic you. that's another topic andy where Make note. we talk making a mental note that these wet tires can pump this phenomenal amount oh, yeah. of water oh, yeah. per minute. It's like you could like drain your swimming pool in like five minutes. It's so crazy to watch a wet race and there's these huge <laughs> wakes. It really shows the aerodynamics too. Yeah. When you see the water, these huge rooster tails coming off the back of these cars, just that that's picking up the water but and it, throwing it in the so air. It's not so much fun if you're behind the leader. Oh, not great. Because <laughs> you still are going... Hundreds of miles an hour with no windshield, no windshield wipers. And you're inches away from other people with no lights. There's, I mean, there's a flashing light, but it's not like there's no brake lights. Yeah. There's no. It's a, it's more of a Jesus is my co pilot. Yeah, right. It's just a uh, hold. Oh. <laughs> Jesus, take the wheel. Hold Jesus my beer. Jesus, take the wheel. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I mean, and some people really shine in the wet too, which is a whole nother topic. I mean, <sighs> that the fact that. Not only can you do this period in the best conditions, but we'll also do it in the worst conditions. I mean, corners, turns, 
And then you know, NASCAR, they're like, we go in circle and we're going to stop if it's yeah. damp. And they talk about people just innately having the feel of the car that they can, they know how to drive. They know the turn to take, the line to take. And then when they're in they the wet, it. they, it's like, yeah, it's like they got a butt sensor that just tells them, well, take this line yeah. and you can do this. And they, they just are so good at that. It's like it, it's it's kind of kind of miraculous. It really, really is. I mean, it, and then I think that's hopefully you're here. Hopefully you're listening to this podcast because you've already tasted this a little bit, and hopefully this just like sparks that to like you want to you just want to know more. You want to join this awesome community, and that's the other thing that seems so cool about Formula One is like it's it it, it you f- you feel especially in America you still feel kind of like oh, I'm in this new club. Yeah, and. uh I mean, this is it's. It, don't worry, it's it's big. Club and now I know why soccer dudes are so the way they are. Yeah. But I get it now. It's like, oh yeah. I mean, this is a this is a big deal around the world. I'm glad you're here now. But yeah, you know, hundreds of millions of people tune into this every well, weekend. What's the thing in Denver that goes down that you've been to? Oh like, yeah, uh, another bit of information. I live in Denver, Colorado, where this podcast is housed at. I guess. But there's a, there's some cool like there's a there's a Formula One fan club or there was I I'm, I didn't know with COVID going on but yeah and there's a film center the um C film center where they would always host the Monaco Grand Prix and put it on the big screen it's it's cool to be a part of something that not a not a ton of people are doing and or or if you get the chance to go down to Austin there are a lot of fans you know I'm, I'm that's why I'm doing this podcast is like. I see that I, I, I consume this content. I'm a part of this sport, and I just see it kind of being underserved in America. But yet, you know, behind the, uh, beyond the grid, the Netflix show, you know, has been trending, and a lot of people are getting into the sport and 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 you know, joining us in that awakening of what what is super cool about the sport, and they want to get to know more about it, and they want to follow along. And so, I mean, that's what I hope this podcast to be. I really yeah. want to, uh, you know, open up. A, a new chapter or a new era of you know like a new space on the like podcast. I didn't, I didn't. Well, I didn't see anybody really talking about it, and I want to talk about it. Yeah, and I mean, really, any excuse to sit down and talk with you or talk to other cool people about Formula One. Yeah, give you guys, you know, I want to do race recaps. I want to do, uh, like we've kind of hinted to it in this, you know, little special episodes where we dive more into the details as you kind of gain. We all gain our feet in the sport right i learning more about the sport you know it's going to encourage me to like follow along more maybe watch you know uh uh you know gp2 or something which yeah, is the see, lesser yeah. the lesser series to formula one where these drivers kind of i guess we never really talked about no. how these drivers we can touch on that there is a episode. process yeah there's I mean, definitely you, a process you don't get to be the you don't get to be <laughs> the top 20 by not doing anything you know yeah i mean some people do we we alluded to that we said we talk about maybe it's going to be another episode but you know, money plays a factor, and if your daddy's got a lot of money and buys a team, and you, but you also have a racing license and have raced another, you you got to still try a little bit. You got to be a racing driver, yeah. but you maybe didn't pull you in the seat. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but you're there, and you're still one of the twenty. But so I said uh, in my outline, if you can see my outline, it says twenty best ish. That's the kind of asterisk there is that. Because money does play a part in the sport, yeah. you know, and and I mean we have to recognize the elephant in the room that twenty best people that had access to this sport right. do. It's 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 not a, you know, there's not you know a lot of racetracks in Mumbai. There's not a lot of you know south side of Chicago, <laughs> you know, 
so the, the, and I think the sport's trying to change that, trying to become a little more. But and I mean, it was started by rich playboys, and they're still attended yeah. by. And there is that element, but it's also why I think you Americans know another should episode, like this. You know, another good episode. Tell me, is how the technology developed in racing motorsports, but particularly Formula One, has directly mm. impacted you. Oh, totally. With the braking, the that was reliability. Your, yeah, your argument reliability. to me why I should care about it when I was in yeah. high school. Yeah, yeah. Reliability they're just burning up gas and putting but up also, the CO2. And yeah, maybe. but also they're some of the, they're leading the technology, you know. Um, regenerative braking developed in Formula One. Yeah. Uh, exhaust capturing to charge up batteries. Hybrid yeah. technology, period. It's, it affects Deployable every, hybrid technology. everybody, even if you don't drive. Sure. It affects everybody because safety. the safety of braking and sensing your automobile, sensing a pedestrian and uh, that you're about to mow over to stop your car. Y- I mean, it, it's affecting even non-drivers. Oh, yeah. Well, let's not talk about the fact that, too, that, like, uh, you know, the, the trauma of a crash and stuff is being constantly studied by the medical teams of these guys because they're oh, geez, being, that's so another you know, in a, tra- in a crash, Driver. they can experience... Upwards of 70, 80, 100 something Gs on impact. What because was that? they, they what crashed. Was Roman Groshans? I think it was I think it was a hundred and twenty G because he crashed crash. into the wall going hundred and forty miles an hour last year. Yeah. And walked away. Yeah, walked away. I mean he was hurt. Burns because the car exploded yeah, a little and bit. A, and an ankle injury. And an ankle a sprained ankle though. Yeah. Was it yeah. or bruised rib, maybe, cracked rib, maybe. But again, a hundred and twenty G's. Into uh, a metal wall. God, he went through a metal wall. That's how you And walked up, away. Yeah, that's how you end up with your heart down around your kidney. Right? Yeah. So, uh... It's not the speed. It's the, the stopping. It's the acceleration. The D <laughs> and acceleration, yeah, man. Baby. Uh, those forces, man. So, I, I, I hope that we've, we've you know, got your ears perked. Yeah. You want to watch the space. You want Wet your appetite. Epilo- yeah. Y- hopefully, you come away from this episode and you... <laughs> You kind of understand the sport, you know. I think no one can watch tennis if you don't know how the points are scored. Yeah, you know, no, it doesn't make sense. You count by fifteen. What the heck you doing? So hopefully we answer some of those questions for you. If you have more, leave them in the comments. I'd love to hear. I'd love to. I'd love to get some feedback. I want you to join this. If you have other ideas of another cool episode, please. Please join along. You Don't know? you sometimes feel like you're just a novice in it, even though? Oh, I am. You know, I'm not. I, you know, I want to reiterate. I've been I am this, no expert. I've been watching this stuff for 21 years, and yeah. I still had to asking you about the over. For under, sure, there's the so there's the so much because there's so much to go. I don't get it. It's an onion, man. You'll peel another layer next. Episode. That's what's so fun. Yeah, it's just when you think you got it, that you you're gonna meet somebody who knows more than yeah. you, and you're gonna remember an era that you weren't around for, you know, and you're gonna. It's you're gonna go deeper and you're gonna meet cool people and I hope I hope to you know join and start a little community and kind be a part of it yeah. and learn with you guys and I'm not no expert we're no experts we're just fans but it's who fun. wanna who wanna talk to other fans it is fun so uh, you'd be surprised how people they ask you questions you're watching Formula One what's yeah, that yeah and then well, you start talking it about out, it and the yeah. next thing you know hopefully you say listens to an American's Guide to Formula One <laughs> and learn all Wouldn't about it with me or learn <laughs> or yeah, learn about how we're learning. <laughs> so, yeah, thanks for listening. If you liked it, tell us you liked it. Um, subscribe, whatever, yeah. 
new to this first episode. We did it. Yeah, mad love for you, bro. All right, man, love for um, you, pops. Thanks yeah. for thanks for doing this, man. What a blast. <laughs> thanks for <laughs> listening. Uh, yeah. Bye. Check out.